News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR on News Talk. Paul Murphy's young son, Liam, was just seven weeks old when he contracted or SV. Uh, he uh, joins us now to tell us a little bit about what happened. Uh, Paul, you have been through an awful experience uh, with Liam and I, I know you want to get a message out to people. Just before we talk about that message, can you just uh, tell us what what happened with Liam? Yeah, I can indeed, Shane. So um, we we are sitting here at, the, at, at home on... Um, Halloween night, actually, and um, we business as usual. Halloween night, you trick or treaters coming to the door and so on. Um, we went to feed Liam that evening. He he only took a couple of ounces, which would be unusual. He'd normally take uh, kind of up to up to four ounces. So again, in of itself, that was not a major concern. We just we just thought it was that particular feed. Then through the night, n- nothing nothing unusual. But again, when we went to feed him, he was uh, not not feeding as well as he normally would. Um, next morning, we actually um, we I travelled across to the Beacon for what was just a routine uh, hospital appointment with Liam, um, and with a paediatrician. We that was very quick. We only lasted about 10 minutes. All again, very routine. I went downstairs to feed him just before we, uh, we hit the road because obviously he, he had not been feeding as well during the night. And I just found him, um, similar, similar again, uh, refusing the boppy and just a little bit, um, a little bit, uh, uh, quieter than he normally would be, but still, still alert and still looking at me and, and no major reason for concern, I suppose, at that point. Um, I drove from the beacon home to Swords. We took him out of the chair. And at that point, we, um, we started to panic, all right, because he had gone, uh, quite, quite limp, um, pale around the eyes and around the mouth. And, um, we had, we had at that point we had stripped him to actually change his nappy and realised he was very unresponsive. So uh, we we um, we panicked as you would do. We put him into into the car and we actually headed straight for the hospital. Now we were actually en route to CHI Blanchestown and we 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 had the, the wisdom to call them just to notify them that we were coming in and that it looked like a, an emergency situation. They actually said go straight to Temple Street. So so that was uh, that was that was. That was that we called him uh, into Temple Street, and literally from there, uh, Shane, that was uh, that was Tuesday, the first of November. Um, from there, uh, up until uh, literally today, he's he's still he's still in 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 in, in the hospital system, um, but recovering thankfully with uh, um, with the care he's received. But um, it, it was uh, it was uh, it was a uh, it was a crazy few weeks. Absolutely, I, I'm sure it was absolutely. Uh, terrifying uh, for you. Um, just talk us through the process of of ha- how he he was treated. Uh, you went to Temple Street. Um, did what, what kind of treatment did they try, and and how successful was it? Yeah. So so basically, we 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 committed Temple Street. He was rushed straight into the um, into uh, ICU in Temple Street. Um, he was um, basically treated with a CPAP, which is a mask, kind of, I suppose. Oxygen to oxygenation. So his lungs at that point were were um, in need of 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 you know a significant amount of support. Um, testing was done pretty quickly. In fairness, uh, I think within a couple of hours we learned that it was RSV. 
Um, and uh, I suppose what I, if I if I look back at the time, what I know now about RSV, and hence hence the purpose of this this message really is at the time RSV to me was you know like like a lot of us quite uh, quite common. And my my two daughters actually um, both had RSV uh, coughs um, and so on in the run up to to, to Liam getting it. Um, um, so we we were referred to uh, Crumlin. We were uh, we were advised at that point that he would need to be intubated, which obviously would mean tubes down his throat. Uh, he would go on a ventilator, and he would be transferred by ambulance to um, to Crumlin. So I I have vivid memory of the nurse holding the, the the mask on on Liam's face. Liam wasn't liking it at all. He was very resistant to it, as you can sure, imagine, because um, it was covering his nose and his ma- and, and his mouth. Um, the team came in, the decision was made, he was put into an ambulance, uh, forms were signed and off we went uh, to Crumlin, but we couldn't go with him. So we had to, that was the first part of this crazy, crazy journey, I suppose, when you see your child going off in an ambulance heading towards Crumlin. Uh, but but um, obviously, as, as things materialised, uh, it wasn't just an ambulance he was going in, it was, ended up being an air ambulance uh, uh, where he ended up in Sweden after five days in, in, in Crumlin. So... Um, uh, but before I get to the Sweden part, uh, he, he arrived into into, into Crumlin, um, straight into uh, PICU, pediatric ICU, in there. Um, I mean, it was it was critical care at that point. He was put on a he was put on a ventilator. That was Tuesday Tuesday afternoon, um, the first of November, and then on Saturday, uh, sorry, on on actually the uh, Thursday evening, we were told that the ventilator had effectively been maxed out. Uh, his oxygenation levels were, were were decreasing, which is obviously the, one of the key concerns because his lungs weren't functioning. And the decision was made to put him on an oscillator, which is another type of ventilation, but it's a different type. And, and the worry all, all along was essentially the impact on his organs, that they were taking a bit of a battering, uh, all of his organs. So regular x-rays, regular, um, regular scans, um, make sure that everything was fine but obviously a lot of that was you know from our perspective was very worrying and uh, after 24 hours uh, of the of the oscillator um we were told that that wasn't working either and that had been maxed out and, and i guess at that point this was saturday morning we were starting to very much fear the worst you know i'm sure i'm sure at that point then the, this issue of is it ecmo is that how you is that the the, the right term yeah, uh, yeah, uh, w- w- yeah. W- was raised now um correct me if i'm wrong it, it this involves removing uh, blood from the the lungs and uh it puts it back in, into the artery in the neck now it's a, it's a serious treatment it is yeah. available in ireland for, in certain cases but in Liam's case, it wasn't available. You had to go to Sweden. Just tell us about that. That's right. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, as you said, there we we learned we learned of ECMO. Um, Deirdre, my my wife is a she's an avid ER follower, and uh, she she knew what ECMO was. I I didn't, to be honest. Um, but it's uh, it's extracorporeal membrane oxygenation. If you want to get very technical, and ultimately what it is, it's an artificial lung or heart, uh, which is the blood, as you rightly said, is taken out of the body. Uh, there's a, 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 a tube, quite a serious tube, uh, uh, which is put in via a cannula, cannulation, into his vein in his neck, and that literally draws blood from the body into the artificial lung, oxygenates it, uh, and then puts it back in. And really, ECMO is all about buying time, but it is it is critical life support, and it is kind of the last the last stage, really, of 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 of, of keeping him. Uh, 
keeping them alive while ultimately the, the body the body kicks in the immune system kicks in and and the virus lifts and and that was the biggest issue for us uh, was the fact that the virus for Liam just was not lifting uh, in the vast majority of children obviously the uh, ventilator will 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 do will, will be sufficient in Liam's case it wasn't so um we were we were advised that that morning saturday morning uh, the 5th that we were heading to uh, that we were, I, I thought we were going to be told we were leaving, uh, changing ward, but we were told we were we were leaving the country. And um, as you can appreciate, we were we were shocked. Uh, in fairness to uh, uh, Suzanne Crow, who was in charge uh, that morning uh, and who made that critical decision, she she walked us through all the steps. It was very much um, this is this is not really an option that you have, uh, or that you don't have any other options. This is your only option, rather, and. At that point, she sat us down and she walked us through it. But, yeah, we did learn very quickly at that particular time that, that ECMO is something that's done in Ireland. Um, it's done in the Matter Hospital for adults uh, in terms of exactly the version that Liam got. But there's no funding for Liam's, um, for the version that Liam got, which is basically uh, venous veno, um, which is, um, or veno venous rather, which is just the lung. So it wasn't, uh, it wasn't cardiac related, so therefore it wasn't funded in Ireland. Um, even though the, the, the whole treatment was, was funded, um, it just wasn't funded in Crumlin, so we had to go to the Karolinska Institute in, in Sweden. Okay. Um, and yeah. thankfully, look, thankfully the treatment has worked and, and Liam is, is off ECMO, he, he's off event later. He, he's, doing, he's doing well? He's doing, he's doing, he's doing great, uh, Shane. So he, look, he went to, he transferred to Sweden. We were 11 days in Sweden on ECMO and um, eventually we got the breakthrough after about uh, five or six days there that the lungs were starting to recover. Uh, we watched the virus as it was lifted from, from uh, true secretions. I mean, it's a sticky, gooey virus, and uh, uh, it, it eventually started to lift. Uh, it, was, it was a very hard watch. There was a lot of machinery, you know, connected yeah, up to him, which ultimately were, were, was to save his life. But um, he, he, he came from a period where when he arrived to Sweden he actually needed to be resuscitated uh, with CPR to a point now where he's sitting in the hospital bed with just a little uh, a tiny smidgen of oxygen uh, keeping him uh, just, just keeping him uh, what's the word topped up until they can release him so we're hoping now that we can have him out as a the hospital at some at some stage next week. But, oh, um, great news! Yeah. Great news, uh, Paul. It, you've been through the mill. It's every parent's worst uh, nightmare. Uh, just just finally and uh, and briefly, I know there's two messages you 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 do want to get across this morning. Yeah, I, I, absolutely, Shane. I mean, look, our, our our I suppose the first message really and the key message is that we've been through the mill with the RSV virus. This is a virus that, you know, a lot of us I say take for granted, but it, it happens every year. And this is what the medical teams would tell you as well. It, it is it's ultimately a common cold in adults and older kids. But uh, in our experience, you know, I would stress, I would reiterate, I suppose it is, it is this most severe form. Liam is officially one of the sickest patients with RSV that the hospital has seen in a number of years. Um, but ultimately, um, it, it is a virus that should be taken uh, very seriously, particularly from um, the child, the um, from primary school age. I think uh, it, the message should be sent sent out to parents in primary schools. It's been sent out to the childcare centres about RSV, but it hasn't been stressed enough. Uh, um, you know the impact of 
I suppose older siblings coming back home with it when when you have babies of of uh, either newborns or up to six months, it it really is something that's very prevalent and very serious in in in, in younger Absolutely. children, younger so, babies. So caution and required. And, and the other required. the other message you want to get across is about uh, is about the availability of ECMO. In, in message, ab- absolutely. I, I think, look, anyone will, will, will understand this, that when you have to look at your child going off to another country in an air ambulance and you can't travel with them, um, it, 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 is, it is scary. I mean, what I would like to, to finish on is, is very much the fact that we were very appreciative of the hospital care we received in both Temple Street and Crumlin with Suzanne Crow, who made the decision to transfer Cormac Bretnock, who also was responsible for Liam when we got back into ICU, the, the, you know, a, a serious heartfelt thanks to uh, all of the transport teams that were involved from, from Dublin to, to Sweden and obviously the Karolinska Institute, who ultimately were our dedicated centre of excellence. And while, yes, we had to go to Sweden and that was, that was scary, when we were there, we received, you know, the best okay. of care and ultimately it, it saved Liam's life, you know. So we would like to express our gratitude okay. to all of the medical professionals, the transportation teams. But finish on a message of... You know, take take the virus seriously. People have pandemic fatigue. We get that. People don't want to wear masks or <laughs> sanitize. I mean, we've we've had uh, since Liam arrived home. We've had we've had chicken box in the house. We had COVID in the house, and then RSV. So, in fairness to Liam, he's a warrior. He's uh, he's already achieved his legendary status that he's <laughs> yes. named after his grandfather for. So we're we're very great. News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman. In association with AIR. Weekday mornings at 7 on News Talk.